the one challenge, Ethan, that I would really love people to take from this is find what your greatest superpower is and just double down on it. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. Today, you'll hear an episode from our Takeover Tuesday series. Every month, we ask a different practitioner or thought leader to host a series of interviews that cover a specific theme that's relevant to our community. And like Sanger always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. Sangram here. Welcome to the final episode of this Tuesday Takeover series where Ethan, who's the VP of Marketing at BombBomb, has been leading this series of evangelism. He had the evangelist from Amazon, the Guy Kawasaki, the incredible, incredible first ever evangelist. And now finally, I think he has run out of options. So who are you going to have as the person who's going to interview the last for this? This person is you, Sangram. You were the first person I wanted to talk to about it. And you really echoed is is nice. When people listen to this conversation, they're going to hear echoes of the previous ones, this outside in. But I think the element you brought above all and more clearly, because it's so deeply tied to your vision for what a chief evangelist is in your company and in your category, is this beacon of light, the leader of the movement, figuring out its future and really calling everyone forward in the community at large. I really enjoyed it. It gave me even more context for all the episodes I've enjoyed of Flip My Funnel. And uh, I hope other folks like it too. All right, man. Hopefully this won't sound too narcissist of me kind of sharing my journey in in the process, but hopefully I, I really enjoyed sharing and just reflecting back on some of the learnings. So here we go. Welcome to another episode of the Flip My Funnel podcast. I'm your guest host, Ethan Butte, and I am so pleased, A, that you're playing this, but B, that I'm joined by the show's real host, Sangram Vajray. Sangram, welcome to your own podcast. <laughs> oh, that is surreal right now. I am so honored, man. The interviews that you've done so far with Guy Kawasaki and the other evangelists. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for doing it. Yeah, I, you know, this all started with uh, just my interest in you and your role. And then thinking about, gosh, you know, several hundred episodes into your own podcast, I'll bet your listeners would like even a little bit more about your background. So I pitched that, you pitched it back to me. And uh, it's been a blast. It's been really interesting to talk to uh, different people, of course, all of the same title, but with so many different experiences. So I'm really looking forward to getting into your experience as over a year in now as Chief Evangelist and of course, co-founder of Terminus. You ready to do that? Let's do it. Okay. So let's just start with that Chief Evangelism, or as you say on LinkedIn, the Accidental Evangelist. Talk about that title. What does it mean to you and or to your company? Well, so I say, I mean, it's the chief evangelist. And at the end of the day, if you're a co-founder of a company, you pretty much do any and everything from sweeping floors to, you know, going in and and doing calls uh, for customers, right? So your role really is everything. And as I moved, you know, after three years of being more on the marketing side, but truly just being part of all these different functions, I started to realize that it is extremely hard to focus on one function when you're a co-founder and you're trying to influence all the different functions. So it just made me, it became more and more clear that I'm not doing a good job of balancing my travel, my team, and my influence on all the other functions and what's going on with it. So it made sense for me to now 
have literally go from having a lot of different departments kind of reporting into me to saying, nobody's going to report into me. I'm actually going to have no direct reports whatsoever. And what I'm going to really have is be part of all the strategic conversations we need to have internally, and then be just out there evangelizing whatever we are trying to do, whatever the community is doing, be an inside out and outside in leader to just share what's happening out there in the world as well. So it really became, it came through as an accident, which is why I say I'm an accidental evangelist. But it makes so much sense. Really like this this inside out concept. So let's let's go to that a little bit. The way I would ask the question is, what does success look like? Uh, you've already and how is it structured and measured? It sounds like structure is you're free to do whatever you need and want to do, and in fact, that's your <laughs> obligation as a co-founder. And so, what does success look like to you? And is it is it actually measured or is it just this get everything done? get whatever done needs to happen, founder mentality? Well, I mean, there is part of it, but I, I personally, and, and you know, to your point, me and my co-founders have been very, very generous. The investors have been very generous with me because this is such a new role, to your point, that nobody really knows how to measure it. And all the people you have interviewed, you know, it's, it's like, one, they're not that many. And then two, it's really hard. Nobody really truly have a clear set of metrics like a typical functional leader would have. So it's a great question what a picture of success looks like. And, and what I'm trying to do is being extremely transparent around the things that I'm doing and being overly communicating with the existing ELT team, with our board members, so what things are happening. So for example, we started last year by saying, okay, this is now becoming official. And I was like, okay, you come up, Sangram, you come up with your own kind of goals that you need to have. So I said, okay, we're gonna, the way we're going to measure that is making sure that we have double the number of speaking engagements. So I'm out there evangelizing, whatever it is, get aligned with our messaging. So I'm bringing in outside in perspective and influencing our marketing and sales messaging, and then really own the customer relationship and and try to bring in customers in the office. So that transpired into last year, I spoke at 29 different events compared to like six or seven years before. The podcast obviously has, has allowed us to be out there and then uh, we have started a customer in the office program. And now we have like seven customers or so that have come in the company in Flash. We have done product sessions with them. We have done uh, testimonial videos. And it has just become a way for me to get to know the customer better. But not only just me, but through our conversations, literally doing all hands in front of the entire company and the entire company, getting to know our customers better. So how do we evangelize through our customers? Evangelism has also been the focus. So, that really became last 2018. And then now when we started looking at 2019, my goal now as I'm rewriting it is because I get to rewrite it every year is like, okay, well, the speaking, now that's stable stakes. Let's not make that as goal. That should be business as usual, podcast, business as usual. Now, what is the, the next thing we need to do? And the things that I'm starting to focus on is like, as, as we are growing as a company, how can I influence and help the sales team in a, in a bigger way, not deal by deal, not hand-to-hand combat, but really big. So my focus is uh, figure out a couple of two or three strategic partnerships that we need to tie ourselves to that will 10x the business of Terminus and then really build this flip my funnel community into truly a big mega community through all the things I'm doing through flip my funnel and, and see if that's really where it becomes synonymous to what, HubSpot and Inbound is and Salesforce and Dreamforce, Dreamforce is and so should Terminus and Flip Muffin will be. So that's kind of the big idea. 
Wow. I love your, uh, your ambition. I love that you, you set goals last year, blew them out. I mean, just on the seven engagements to 29 is obviously quadruple, not double, and that you regard those as sta- table stakes and that you're just keeping going. That sounds like the spirit of a true evangelist to just keep going and get the word out more and more. And, and it sounds like you have a really good uh, expectation for yourself and goals for the company. In your experience, what types of companies should have an evangelist? So for you, like what, was, what were some of the triggers? I mean, obviously you felt an obligation for the betterment of your team and for the betterment of the company overall to get directly out of operations and step into more of this. I'm still a leader, but I, even without the formal authority of direct reporting, you're obviously a, a, a leader, not just in the company, but in the movement. What were some of the triggers for you or what are maybe some other triggers to some of your listeners here that they or someone in their company should consider taking on a role like this? What are the markings or characteristics in the landscape overall or within the company or within the individual that says we should make this person an evangelist? Oh, that is a fantastic question. And I have no answer <laughs> to that, that question in a direct. So I'm just going to try to fumble through my response to that because honestly, I, I really don't truly have a clue. The way I would I think about this is, Every company should have an evangelist or set like everyone in a company should act as an evangelist uh, because that's kind of you do it regardless of your title or not in, in your own way. So the title evangelist kind of puts an extra focus on somebody, but I hope everybody in the company, the CEO, the other founders, the executive team, the developer, that we all have connections and networks and we all should aspire to be the evangelist of the company because we should love where we work, if not go find another job. But the other part of this is, it is especially important to figure out this part when you're building an entirely new category. And, and then that's where I think I stumbled upon this, this whole idea is because if we didn't do Flip My Funnel, if HubSpot didn't do Inbound, if Salesforce didn't do Dreamforce, if Gainside didn't do Pulse, it's almost like saying, well, if, how, how do you build a movement? How do you build a community? Each one of us have tried, are trying, and some of obviously Salesforce and others have been super successful. They've all built communities and communities follow movements and movement are built by a set of people that are independent in many sense, in, in many ways to the community. So like Mark Benioff, and he talks, of course, he cares about Salesforce to be number one, but everybody looks at him as as someone who can help the industry move forward when inbound and HubSpot goes out. And of course, they want their public company to go bigger and stronger. But Termination, Brian, who are also investors in Terminus, they look at this as saying, this is how we're going to create a movement so that we're ahead and we are going to help and our community is going to help us figure out what are the new set of products that are platforms that we need to launch. So in many ways, I think it's extremely important to have a clarity around this thing when you're building an entirely new category because there's no category of one and you need a movement. And for a movement, you need a community. And for a community, you need a concerted effort to build that. You know, for not having an answer, that was a great answer. I love the logical <laughs> links that you built in there. And it makes perfect sense. And so in that even is this idea of, you know, competitors. I mean, competitors are part of the community too. And so what I think I heard you say was, you know, one of your goals as an evangelist then is to raise up the whole category or even industry, if the, if the category could be described as such, to raise the whole thing up 
And in that way, it's going to benefit everyone that's participating, including obviously the company that you co-founded. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the Flip My Funnel conference is, uh, is an example of that, right? The first, we've done about nine conferences now in the last three and a half years. And the first few conferences that we did, we literally went city to city building this thing. And it's because nobody knew ABM. So we went to people instead of people coming to us. So we went to Austin, Boston, Chicago, San Fran, all these, these regions. And we had competitors like, you know, we, you know we, people would consider Engageo and Demandbase and all the other players in the ABM space. We had them speak as a keynote speaker at our conference. So absolutely, thousand percent, because without a, a if, if you're excluding them, then you're, you're not helping your community. You're not growing yourself. You're not helping the community grow. Then it's a user conference. Like we should stop calling that as a community event. Right? So it's the user conference that when you bring your competitors in it, or at least we always had an open doors for them. Some may choose to not be there now because it's getting increasingly more competitive, but it's, it's not a user conference. It is a community event. That's excellent viewpoint. And it's just so, you know, it's consistent with who I've known you to be, which is open and giving. And that philosophy really comes through in this conversation and in, in the Flip My Funnel execution. Let's switch it up just for a minute. So you spent three years as a chief marketing officer at Terminus. And of course, you felt like your obligation was to, to like step up another level. You, I'm sure you appointed another amazing CMO. Prior to that, you had two years as head of marketing for Pardot by Salesforce. How does your marketing background lend itself to this type of work in particular? What skills and challenges that you overcame and skills that you developed as a marketer lent itself to this direction in particular? None, none whatsoever. It, and the reason I say that is because a traditional demand gen marketer, if you look at their job description and my job description, you would not find any similarities there whatsoever. You look at a product marketing job description in mind, you won't see it. If you look at a writer or a, a journalist in the team or operations person in a marketing team, for every single person you will hire and put a job description together and put a description of what I'm, I think, doing in the last few years, there is not a single match there. So no, there is nothing that, that I would say as a marketer. Now, the flip side of that is as a category, because I had the great fortune to be at Salesforce through the acquisitions, I feel like I learned a lot what it takes to be a category leader from Salesforce and, and other companies, Exact Target, because they were the first to acquire us from, because they were leading the category of email. So what I learned was more of this idea of scaling a business, idea of building a culture where community first becomes a thing, an idea of like having the first mover's advantage and, and bringing everybody together as opposed to trying to lift everything by your own muscle and power and might uh, instead of just bringing the community to help lift. I think those are the principles and things that I've learned that I don't think it's a standard job description for anyone. As a matter of fact, I would even not hire anybody with like that because it's, it's so off to the conventional wisdom of marketing. I, I, it really goes back to what problem we're trying to solve. So today, I wouldn't hire in our company, our, like, you know, our CMO who's incredibly amazing. I almost feel like I report to him now, right? Because I'm trying to help him do what he needs to do. And I want to be an outside invoice for him for the messaging and things like that. But he runs marketing, Derek Slayton, phenomenal CMO. And I'm learning so much for him. 
But his job is to scale the marketing organizations, very different CMO. Somebody CMO who's starting at a new company, their job is to probably build a lead gen kind of really trying to build that, that function of it. At some point, like Ryan, a G2 Crowd's CMO, his job is because G2 Crowd is already winning so big and building, growing so fast, his job is to build a bigger brand and a presence in the marketplace. So I feel like the role of a CMO is so different at a different stage in the company that it really totally changes based on what the needs are of your organization and what your organization believes in is the priority for you. That's great. I have now spoken with a marketer by background, a customer success professional and customer support professional, a developer and, and a salesperson. You and I both spoke with Guy Kawasaki, mm. who, who essentially came into Apple from a sales perspective. So this idea that marketing isn't, isn't the gateway per se, you know, just hearing you say that, I think, gosh, I spoke with people from four clearly different <laughs> functions in an organization you know, that all relate. And so it really is, I think about the individual and the knowledge and of course the passion. What are some other characteristics of a great evangelist? Yeah, well, I feel like the, the number one thing um, that, that I start thinking about as an evangelist in, in my view is to focus purely on the problem and not the product. You know, if you start talking about your product, as you would probably see in many or any of my LinkedIn posts or any of the podcasts, I hardly talk about what Terminus does or what our product is or, hey, we just launched a new feature or stuff. I mean, it's like that should just happen through the marketing engine and the sales engine of the company. That's not my job at all. My job is exact opposite of that. I want to talk about the problem, get more people aligned on the problem, and hopefully be the beacon of light so people can see that, okay, this is the problem, bring analysts and other folks involved in it. So people consider this is a really big problem and thereby creating a bigger market and thereby bringing in future customers of Terminus. So I'm not looking at what the quota is for the company this month, this quarter. I'm looking at for the next two years, we need to build an incredibly big market in order for us to win in that market by having clear understanding of the problem. So it's a, it's a little bit out looking into the world as opposed to being very operationally focused, which is why no direct reports, because that really pulls you back. The beacon of light is really the thing. It also sounds like a little bit like a, a flashlight or a floodlight as you try to find the future of this movement that you've really put so much momentum and passion into. As you tend to ask your own guests, I will ask you as a guest on your own show, what is a challenge you'd like to leave people with today so that we can make this episode actionable? Thank you so much, Ethan, for doing this. The whole series has been phenomenal for me to, to be part of, listen. It's such a, such a grateful experience. So thank you for doing that. And thanks for everybody listening to it. The one challenge, Ethan, that I would really love people to take from this is find what your greatest superpower is and just double down on it. Maybe your superpower is to create content and write content. Do that. Maybe your superpower is to understand product and be more of the product evangelist. Do that. Maybe you really care about the problem that you're solving, then you would push yourself in that direction. So go do, do that. But find what your superpower is. Be extremely self-aware of that. And once you take the time, fine. If you don't know, ask five people around you what your superpower is. They will tell you. If you have a spouse, they definitely will tell you what mm -hmm. your superpower is or good and bad. So find that, that one thing and just double, triple down on it. That's great advice. And it's a big challenge and a serious exercise to take on. 
Uh, thank you also for allowing me this opportunity. I think because people are listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, they already know, but if someone wants to connect with you, uh, you know, you referred to LinkedIn. What are some great ways for people to connect with you, Sangram, and with Terminus? Oh, just LinkedIn would be great. You know, check out floatmyfunnel.com. We do, uh, we, we try to do a whole bunch of meetups now this year all around the country and even in Canada and some other places. So just excited to, to connect with you in person. Great. I'm excited to connect with you in person. I have five pages of notes and I'm excited to listen to this episode back. Thank you so much for taking the time and giving me the opportunity and I hope everyone enjoyed it. Thanks, Ethan. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.